0: Derek Wetmore, 1500ESPN.com, and the Touch Em All podcast. And we're just going through, so you sent us an email of uh, of topics today. We appreciate that. And I get to the fourth bullet point here, Derek. I'm going to let you just take this. You
1: have a bull proclamation <laughs> yes. about the Twins' offense. Hot take. Hot take. Yes. Um. So I was going through the numbers the other day, boys, and if you include some of the breakouts... Like If you think Byron Buxton has really arrived and you think Eddie Rosario is really one of the better hitters in the American League as he was for the final couple months of the season and you think Jorge Polanco and you believe in Logan Morrison's breakout, I think you could legitimately be looking at one of the best offenses in all of baseball right now. Ooh, that's a bold bold hot take, Derek Wetmore. Bold, but I'm backing it up with numbers. I think Hot take uh, police are going to let you slide on this one, I think. I think you might be onto something. (laughs) I've had pretty good luck with that this spring. This is awesome. I think that if you buy into the fact that Logan Morrison, uh, not so much changed his swing, but changed his approach at the plate, changed his mentality to go from a 14-homer hitter to 38 home runs last year. Um, I'm not buying all the way into that, but I think there's some very legitimate and real changes that led to that. Um, I think Byron Buxton has really arrived. I think Eddie Rosario has made very tangible steps forward, and I think Miguel Sano could play uh, close to a full season this year, which ought to help the lineup. So, it's <laughs> don't uh, press it's, your luck there, Webber. Uh, well, I know it's, and it's going out there a little bit, and of course, of course, spring training is the time where you say, well, what if this goes right and this goes right and this goes right? Yeah. It, never works that way in baseball or in any sport, but, um, you know, if guys hit what they are capable of hitting or what they showed they could last year, yeah, I don't see any reason why the Twins wouldn't be in that conversation with the Astros, with the Yankees and teams like that.
2: Derek, what are you um, offensively most skeptical about? What do you think that you saw last year that might regress a bit in 2018?
1: (sighs) Probably... There's a, there's a couple of guys that jump to my mind right when you say that. Joe Maurer's on the list for me, not because I, I don't think he's a good hitter anymore, but at 34, you wonder, can he put up the same kind of year he did last year? Joe Maurer was quietly great for the Twins last year in terms of getting on base and all that stuff. Um, so he's on my list just at, you know as he continues to age, and we've seen bad seasons from him in the recent past. Um, Jorge Polanco I sort of question because he was one of the best hitters in the game after the All-Star break last year, but before the All-Star break, he was one of the worst hitters in the game. Which of those guys shows up this spring? Um, so those are the those are probably the top two guys that are on my list, and I've got circled in red pen on my lineup card, Max Kepler. Because I want to know if Max Kepler is going to take the next step forward that we've all been projecting for a couple of years, or if he's just going to be this guy who can hit righties and do fine and then gets benched against... Good left-handed pitching. If if that's the way that it goes, then he's not quite the player that we thought he was going to be. But I'm not exactly ready to sell out on Max Kepler yet, because I I still think he could take that next step. Judd. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's man. He's such an. he he such a sweet swing. He's very good against righties, and it is nice to know that he's working with Justin Morno because Morno had. Some struggles, not only defensively early in his career that he cleaned up, but I don't think he was very good against lefties. And then and then later in his career, yeah. uh, he fixed that problem, too. So Wetmore's out in Fort Myers. He's covering the Twins for 1500 com. The Touch em All podcast has a ton of great stuff on it on a mostly a daily basis when you include the radio stuff we're putting on it. Uh, Miguel Sano and Joe Mauer making their spring debuts. Well, let's start with Joe Mauer. His contract is expiring after the season. He's going to be 35 years old, I believe, now in uh, the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. Where do things stand with him? Is he sort of is he okay going into the last year of his contract? Are the are the Twins looking to maybe bring him back on a cheaper deal? Are both sides going to let it ride throughout the year? What, what's your read on that situation?
1: Yeah, I talked to Joe earlier this spring, and I got to say, I half expected it to be a, a sort of a reflective conversation on well, this is, these are all the things you've done in your career and here's where you are on twins leaderboards and stuff like that. And I got to be honest with you guys, if Maurer has spent time talking with his family about retirement, it is not obvious in talking with him. He He's not a guy who gets, and he said this himself, he's not a guy who gets too far in front of himself. And I actually believe that to be true, whereas some guys say it. They're like, no, I'm going to take it one day at a time and just, no, 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 no. You're thinking about free agency. You're thinking about your next contract or whatever. Joe Maurer might be one of the rare individuals where that's true. He's not thinking about Thursday today. He is uh, going to get up, put his socks on, and try to play baseball. I, I don't think that retirement is in the thought process for Mauer. Now, manager Paul Molitor told us earlier this spring that he doesn't think it's The right time to answer the question about will Joe be back, but he did say that he has a gut feel that Maurer will be a lifelong twin. So I wrote that story, and I think that's just interesting perspective from a guy like Molitor who who came up through the Brewers organization and probably expected to be a lifelong brewer until he wasn't. And so there's a lot of factors in play, but if I had to put money on it, guys, I'd say the Twins for an office is going to let it ride into the season, see how Maurer performs this year. If they need a first baseman next year and Maurer performs well, absolutely they would entertain the idea of him coming back. But keep in mind, Logan Morrison's deal has a vesting option for 2019 that should be pretty affordable. If uh, if uh, Maurer doesn't perform very well in this season and Morrison's just a cheaper alternative who can hit bombs, uh, boy, I don't think it's written in ink that Maurer will be back with the Twins next year.
0: They, it's, compared to Mauer, Logan Morrison's kind of a hack at first base defensively, I yes. believe. Like, yes. I mean, Maurer's the best in baseball now, but yeah.
2: Don't, just, I, don't you guys think, though? I, I think the Maurer storyline, um, which I'm sure will, will be talked about and written about a lot uh, in the coming months, I think it's going to be a big deal to us, and it might be a big deal to some fans. But I think from the Maurer standpoint and the twins, it's not going to be a big deal because this, this, this baseball operations department, uh, while I'm sure they appreciate what Joe has meant to the franchise is not tied to Joe. Right. And I could very well see a storyline where he has a nice year and that's it because it's, you know, Mm -hmm. because Terry would have, Terry, I think, would have felt obligated to bring Joe back. I think Derek and Thad very well might say, Joe, it's been fantastic. Um, we'll offer you a one-year contract at a very re- reasonable rate. Mm-hmm. But if you can go get more, more power to you. Go get more.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what the analytics say about sentimentality, but I don't think that it's going to factor it can be too damned. Much in.
2: That's what they say, Derek yeah, Wetmore.
1: Exactly right. They're cold-calculating robots. And I've, I certainly don't expect him to get some sort of uh, you know, lifetime achievement contract. I don't think that's the way these guys operate. Um, I do think Maurer's is one of the greatest twins of all time, and that should be appreciated, and uh, he'll definitely get his day. Um, but, you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with that. I just, I wonder what Maurer is thinking in his heart of hearts. I wonder if he worries about it, at all. Or or if he's just going to get to the end of the season and he assumes that it's a done deal, that if he plays well, he's back. I, I think that's kind of how Molitor characterized his ending with the Brewers. He never really expected it to get to a point where he'd have to leave. And then he had to leave. It just, it comes up on you quickly. You, you almost don't get the time. Like a player who's retiring gets to soak it all in all year, like Derek Jeter going on his goodbye tour. But if you are just a stalwart in the organization and then you're here one day and you're gone the next. You don't really have that same reflective tour. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it's going to play out. I think Maurer's going to continue to climb up the Twins record books. And then at the end of the season, we'll see where the chips fall.
0: You know what? Let's mix in a uh, a listener question here from Twitter. Fluxus. Got to be careful saying that on the radio. Yes. F-L-U-X. Uh, he asks, Derek, what will be the greatest strength this year for the Twins in your mind? Probably, I mean, offensively, you just said it at the top of the interview. If they all stay healthy and Miguel Sano is in the lineup all year and Buxton takes a step forward, I, I'm kind of with you offensively. Is that the answer?
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy for me that the Twins' offense is going to be what drives this thing, and then they're hoping that they have enough pitching depth to get through it. they fortified the bullpen. So it's, it's really more of like the offense dragging the pitchers along, but unlike last year... The pitching staff might be good enough to be dragged along To be kind of in that conversation For a 90-win team this year So the pitching is better I think the starting pitching and the bullpen both better But the real strength of this team when uh, the national media starts talking about them in August, is going to be that they're up there and run scored with the best teams in baseball.
2: Uh, Derek is Nick Gordon slowly but surely being moved to second base? I saw that, that he's uh, playing there more and more, and he didn't play there much last year. But that transition makes sense. So is, is, is this a situation where they're uh, setting him up to potentially move him to second base far more this season to gear up for, for the future, which might include, of course, no Dozier at second if he yeah. uh, walks away?
1: I was going to say, it's tough to say because you don't know what's going to happen with Dozier. If I mean, if you extend him this spring or if he's a free agent and you bring him back next winter, well, there's no opening at second base. But if the Twins have to consider life after Dozier and he goes somewhere else and signs a rich deal, well, now you got to figure out Gordon, um, Polanco, which one of those is a better shortstop, and is that your double play tandem? Uh, I Personally, Judd, I think that uh, we've heard enough um, from from people within the twins organization and outside questioning the ability to play shortstop for each of those guys that maybe both of them would be best suited for second base, but somebody's got to play shortstop. And uh, I still think it's an open question, which one of them will do it better. Um, just a quick side note, Gordon Strange's wrist yesterday. He's probably going to miss a couple of days here, um, but he's held his own. He's, he's in big league camp this year. And I think you could see him this summer at target field if things break right. But, Honestly, I can't even answer that question until we know what's going to happen with Dozier.
0: So here's my 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 only beef or I guess my general beef with Nick Gordon. I I think he's going to be a major leaguer. Um, I mean, there's always a chance that things go wrong if he goes back to double A or triple A. But I I think if you're performing at a competent level at age 21 at double A, then you're going to play in the major leagues and you're going to contribute on some level. I don't think he's going to be a star player, and I wouldn't be afraid if I were the Twins of including him as a centerpiece for an established pitcher in a trade. Because once you get to Double A, usually your star attribute shines to some degree. If you're Miguel Sano, you've already hit a bunch of home runs in Double A. If you're Dustin Pedroia, you're walking more than you're striking out, and you're showing that at Double uh, D Gordon, Nick's brother, was stealing seventy-five bases. So like mm-hmm. a star attribute shines. I don't know what that star attribute is for Nick Gordon. He's not a supremely high batting average guy. He doesn't get on base at a super high clip. He strikes out quite a bit. He doesn't have a ton of power, although he can hit to the gaps. And he doesn't steal a ton of bases, and he might not be a shortstop. So, <laughs> am I am, I mean, I'm not trying to trash him. I think he's a major yeah, leaguer at some yeah, point. Sure but, but, like, sell me on him being a potential star player. I don't really see it.
1: Yes, counterpoint is that there isn't anything that he can't do. I mean, he's not a 40-homer hitter. He's not going to steal 50 bags. He's not going to hit 360. But he does everything kind of well. And to me, I look at prospects in two different bins. There's the bin like uh, the Twins have a a pitcher in A-ball, Gratterall, who lights up radar guns and has swing and miss stuff. But he's an A-ball, and and he's like this high-ceiling lottery ticket. He might never make it to the big leagues, or he might be an ace. That's one kind of prospect. That's the one I think people get most excited about. You see what he could potentially be if things go well for him. The other bin of prospects, Phil, is the riskless players, the guys who you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a big leaguer. I'm pretty sure for the first six seasons that we have him under team control, he's going to be a solid contributor. And there aren't very many prospects like that in baseball for my money anyways. To me, Nick Gordon is one of those guys where you're like feeling pretty confident that he could surface in the big leagues this year. He could play second base. He could maybe play shortstop. He's gonna hit okay. he can run enough. Um, I, it's it's not the sort of sexy kind of prospect that you talk about with like high risk high reward guys. But Gordon is in the other camp for me where I think it's relatively low risk if some team picks him up in a trade, they can be pretty sure he's going to get to the big leagues and hold his own. Yeah.
0: Derek Wetmore, great stuff. Go check out all of his content at 1500ESPN.com. And you know what? Baseball season's here if you count spring training. Regular season in less than a month now. So go subscribe to our Touch em All podcast. Thank you, Derek. See you, Wetmore. Thanks, guys. Bye. You can hear him. He's at Hammond Stadium. He's sitting Hotel. up there. Yep. Him and Patrick, the odd couple, shacking Is up together. Is he still at
2: Patrick's place? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was there. That yeah, long. I think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, who's going crazier? Probably Pat.
0: Actually, I don't think Derek really minds. I think I think it's probably I think Pat gets annoyed by Derek eating carrots and and uh, like Derek's kind of a quirky guy. Not the Pat's not, but I, I think Pat. Say, probably there's probably gets a couple more of quirky
2: guys in very different quirky <laughs> ways. <laughs> like Derek
0: doesn't put dressing on his salads. Pat would think that's weird that he even eats salads. Period. Let alone without a gallon. Really? Of no, ranch there's dress. no dressing he likes. I think he just prefers to eat salads organically. I don't know. All right. Okay. Oh. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty Points. You're kidding me.
1: Double XP and Call of Duty Points? This is incredible. I can't believe it.
0: Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. Residents 17 Plus. College Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free twenty twenty-three. 23.